You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. I feel like to truly be a disruptor, you have to recognize the things that aren't working and then work through the very difficult part of creating something better and at least offering some kinds of solutions to help the people who you are calling into these conversations or saying you want to help to like give them something to make things easier for them. Every week here on the show, we talk about flaunting your fire and flaunting what has you fired up, what makes you special, what makes you unique is so important. However, it is equally important to consider what are the conditions of your fire? Any firefighter would say that a fire can quickly and rapidly grow out of control and engulf the structures around it and burn people we didn't intend to burn if we're not clear on how that fire is being burned and what our parameters are for it. You're listening to Flaunt Your Fire. I am your host, India Jackson, and today I am recording on the stolen land of my brother's ancestors, the Piscataway people. This land is also known as the State of Maryland, USA. When I think about the world of work and how we earn money, I think about how we can move in and out of trends over the years. And I know being trendy or trends is pretty common in the world of fashion and style, um, but I've noticed it also being a thing that if you really pay attention is happening in the world of work and in the world of entrepreneurship. I think back to a time where being self-made was a trend. And so during that trend, you know, there was a lot of talk about hustling and uh, being independent. Um, I even think back to the song called Independent. And you had like an, a rap song called Independent, but you also had an R&B song, um, Miss Independent. And so like it just started to seep out from the world of work, even into like the music industry and what types of songs are we taking in. And I think that the underlying thought process or maybe originally where something like that started of, you know, doing things for yourself and wanting to be successful, you know, could be positive. But if we're not careful, when things become trendy, it can take us down another path that we're not necessarily questioning. So when I think about being self-made, right, that hustle and hustle culture can have a very toxic side 
When I think about independence, um, if we're not careful and we go too far into independence, we forget interdependence. We forget to honor and to credit those that helped us along the way or provided concepts that we've integrated into the ways that we've created our success. And then when I think about entrepreneurship, and that can sound like a really positive thing of starting your own business and things like that. But at the same time, if we're not careful and we're just seeking out the money promise of entrepreneurship, we can get sucked into get-rich-quick schemes like multi-level marketing companies and things like that. I even think back at a time where being educated was a trend and people were getting degrees for degree's sake, but they weren't necessarily contemplating you know, whether or not that degree was going to contribute to the world um, in a way that they were hoping to, or whether or not it actually was required for the work that they wanted to do. And don't even get me started on like the trend that we had of everybody being a thought leader and thought leadership being the thing that people talked about. So, you know, as I discuss this, I want you to think about like, where have you witnessed some trends? And where have you witnessed a lot of people like hopping onto that? What thoughts have come up for you with those trends? What might be some positives and negatives with those trends? And then also, you know, maybe where have you witnessed that people aren't really questioning those trends and it can go into like this toxic or unhealthy place? The challenge with trends is that if everyone is thinking or doing something, right, if everyone is thinking in this type of way, adapting this type of mindset, or they're all doing the same thing, we may be less likely to pause and question. You know, we may be less likely to break down our thoughts and our feelings to ask ourselves, is this concept or is this thing that everyone else is doing or pushing as a thing aligned with our own values? How am I adapting this concept or taking on this trend shift the impact you want to make in the world. And then when we adopt something and people are witnessing us do things differently because of it, talk about things differently because of that, show up in the world differently because of it, how might that be influencing the people who are witnessing you? Right now in Pause in the Play of the Community, we are exploring leadership. It's something that we explore every year. And oftentimes people think of leadership in terms of our workplace, so how are we leading our team? Um, how are we showing up as a part of a leadership team? Or we can think about it in terms of home. So how are we leading our home? How are we leading our family? How are we being a leader amongst our friends? How are we leading our children if you have children in your life? But oftentimes we can miss that this pause that I'm talking about, questioning what are my thoughts and feelings, is what I'm about to do, say, or think aligned with my values? What is the impact that I want to make in the world? And how does that, you know, line up with that? And then also, as I move forth with these thoughts, feelings, and actions, and words, potentially, how does that influence everyone else around me? To me, that pause, that questioning is leadership. Leadership also requires leading yourself. And dare I say, that's one of the most important ways we can lead first and foremost, that often gets left behind. I talk about all of this and it's interconnected for me because I've noticed that there has been this trend 
of being woke and being a disruptor. And if you know anything about me, if you know anything about Font Your Fire, if you've been listening for a while, you know that disruption is literally like baked into what we do here. You know, being conscious, being aware of what's happening around you and the impact of things is very important to me personally as a human, but also important to this brand. And yet I have to question when being woke or a disruptor has become the mainstream thing to do, how do we continue to challenge our industries? How do we continue to challenge those in power? How do we continue to disrupt intentionally while also understanding the impact that our words and our actions have on others? Well, that's exactly what today's podcast episode is all about. You're going to get to join the host of Transcend Your Dichotomy, Brooke Monahan, and I for a replay of a live discussion that we had inside the Pause and the Play community. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is we're going to be chatting about being responsible and intentional about how we challenge our industries. I feel like this conversation is so overdue and Brooke just brings so much to this conversation. So I'm excited to dig in. Brooke Monahan is a trusted advisor to founders and leaders who value impact, integrity, and relationships and are on a mission to set things straight in their industry. In her work, she helps her clients build both their confidence and their business acumen as they navigate the unique challenges they face when daring to do things differently. She also hosts the podcast Transcend Your Dichotomy, a show about business ownership that challenges the self-sacrifice narrative that is so common in the business world. So let's get this conversation started. Hello and welcome everyone. I am so excited for this live podcast recording today. It has been a long time since we've done these and I'm really happy about bringing them back. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> super, super exciting. Um, and I'm so glad that you're here because we've just had so many conversations behind the scenes on your podcast. Um, even you and Erica about leadership, about doing things differently. And so I know there's going to be magic that comes from this. Now, since it's been a while, just a reminder to the community members that you are welcome to be a part of the conversation in the chat. Um, we would love to have your thoughts, your reflections, all of that happening there. I will also be periodically looking at the chat. So if any questions arise through this conversation or things that you want us to like dig deeper into, again, that is the beautiful part about being a part of this community as you have the opportunity to ask us really anything or to explore something further there. So by all means, feel free to participate in that way. And yeah, I'm excited to just dig in. So I know one of the things that has been on both of our radar is that there's just been this interesting kind of popularity of the idea of being woke, <laughs> mm -hmm. the woke wave, um, which sometimes is helpful, in my opinion, and sometimes can be harmful. And so I just love that you are digging into conversation about disruption 
and the responsibility about that, especially at a time where it's now the mainstream thing to do. Now, I know a big part about of how we set the stage or how we have conversation, how we engage with one another within the pause and the play brand and within our community is also doing what we call stage setting. So really defining what certain words mean to us and kind of digging into that. So we'll talk a bit about what being a disruptor means to you. But before we go into that, I am really curious to know Why do you think at this time being woke or being a disruptor, some may feel like they're similar things, some may feel like they're different, but why is that mainstream right now? Good question. Um, I was thinking about this and I was like, (laughs) I don't know that I am the person to give the reflection on why this is happening. But I mean, from my perspective, I do think that it's pretty common that what was once considered like alternative becomes mainstream, you know, like we see that all the time uh, that it's like within the mainstream, there's always this like very popular pocket of people who are like at least branding themselves as like bucking the system, you know? I mean, like think about like the punk rock kind of like style, right? Like it's like there was once a time when that was like really out there. And then it's like now, you know, we're seeing the checkerboard all come back now, right? As like this (laughs) third wave of like, and now it's like cool. And, you know, so I do think that it happens with lots of things. Um, But I think that right now, you know, I mean, the first thing that I'll say is like, I do think that most people have had, an experience where it's become clear to them that the mainstream is not working. Um, I think that lots of people have had the experience of looking around and being like, who is this benefiting? Because it's not benefiting me and it's not benefiting the people that I know, (laughs) you know? And so I do think that that's definitely a part of it. But I also think that it's pretty safe to label yourself as a disruptor. Like it's pretty safe right now to be like, Hi, I'm one of the ones who doesn't think the status quo is working um, and not really offer maybe uh, and and I want to be like clear too that like these are my people. So it's not like I'm saying like I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to like, you know, put anyone on blast or anything like that. But I do feel like, you know, if you want to label yourself as somebody who wants to challenge the status quo and you're just talking about why the status quo is not working but you're not actually really offering many other like solutions um it's kind of a safe place to be because you can signal to people that you get it quote unquote get it um and also kind of avoid the criticism that can come with you know putting something new out there and i think that for people who really truly are being disruptive for people who really are challenging the status quo, you don't really need to say those words that much for people to see that that's what you're doing. You know, you just do it and you're not as concerned with labeling yourself that way. So I guess, yeah, like kind of trying to show that you are on that team is a really nice place to be right now, maybe because you can on the one hand be like, I understand that these things aren't working. And on the other hand, you don't really need to create something better or put something out there and stand behind it as, but this is good, right? And then open yourself up to all of the criticism from, I don't know, people who maybe are 
really comfortable in the seat of pointing out everything that they're against, but not the things that they're for. There's so much to what you said that we could dig into. And just like instinctively, as you started sharing, my mind went to like value signaling, like, oh, I value this, but like not actually being held accountable for, Mm -hmm. okay, but is what you're saying, like matching your actions as a part of the popularity. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's a conversation in itself of oftentimes, I think when things become mainstream or popular to do or the cool or end thing, it's like, there's this need to put the title there. And are we actually embodying that? Are we becoming that? Is anyone actually like looking any deeper beyond the title we've given ourselves? Yeah. And to be honest with you, like the only reason that we're even having this conversation right now is because I spent a good year kind of trying to process some stuff for myself before I started saying it out loud of like trying to figure out why I was finding myself in these spaces that were like, everyone's saying that they're doing things differently. And everyone's saying that they're like trying to acknowledge different people's experiences But also, like, I was just noticing that I think that, like, everyone was really triggered all the time in some of the spaces that I was ending up in. And I'm like, okay, like, are we doing what we say we're doing and trying to reflect on that? And then realizing, like, you know, I I was kind of I had kind of fallen into this group of business coaches and consultants and whatever who were all we were all branding ourselves as kind of being against the status quo and doing things differently but actually our messages were so so similar and i'm like wait are we doing things differently because as far as i can see we're all saying the same thing so <laughs> at what point do we move beyond i mean i think that a lot of the things that we were that that and i i keep saying we because i want to be clear like I have done all of this. Like, it's not like I'm like above any of this, you know, part of the reason why I'm talking about about it now is because I saw it in myself and I sort of had to like stop myself and be like, wait, okay. So if you were actually challenging the status quo, what are the things that you would maybe take a little bit more of a risk to say or to do instead of just making that the brand? Like, cause if you make that the brand, then that's not what you're doing. You know, Mm, so I feel like I want to dig into that a little bit. It sounds like part of your process was realizing that you were a part of like the mainstreaming of disruption. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And then you did a lot of reflection. And I'm curious to know, based on that reflection, how are you defining being a disruptor right now? Yeah, I mean, and this kind of comes back to what someone put in the chat about the risk part of this. I mean, I feel like to truly be a disruptor, you have to recognize the things that aren't working and then work through the very difficult part of creating something better and at least offering some kinds of solutions to help the people who you are calling into these conversations or saying you want to help to like give them something to make things easier for them if that's what you say you do, right? I think that critical conversation is super important. And there are people who that is their role is to just be like, hey, here's what's happening. Let's have a conversation about that. That's great. But especially like in, you know, in what I do, I'm a business coach and I know a lot of business coaches who I think many of us fell into this category at one point. And what I'm starting to think about is how am I actually looking at my coaching practice and 
actually doing things differently, keeping in mind the things that I know are not working in the mainstream and keeping in mind the things that I know could get better and keeping in mind that if I actually move into trying to do better rather than just saying I care about doing better, it means that I am going to open myself up to feedback about how it's not good enough. And like, that just comes with the territory. Like, if you really want to challenge the status quo, not everyone should agree with you, you know? And and so I think that being really intentional to, to me, being a disruptor is about being very intentional about like, what is the, what is your goal here? Like, what are your values? What do you want to move forward or advance? And then actually trying to create something where we can do that and not just being in the seat of this is what I believe in. And these are all the things that I'm against, you know? Yeah. I'm curious to know for you, it's like you started to break down some of that for your own business. Um, were there any particular things that really grabbed your attention that are like, these are the things I want to create something new or do this in a different way? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that it started first with the things that I was not going to do. Um, and <laughs> part <laughs> of that was like uh, my, and I think that we might get here in this conversation, but I think it's relevant to this question. I think it is so important that we are really clear on who we're talking to, like who our audience actually is. And so, for example, if you're going to brand yourself as, and I keep saying brand yourself as intentionally because like, okay, so if you're going to brand yourself as trauma-informed, for example, right? Being a trauma-informed coach, so important. As far as I'm concerned, trauma informed, being trauma informed and coaching is just like baseline. Like you need to understand the role of trauma. But if that's different from having your whole platform just be the words trauma informed, I'm trauma informed. And so if you're going to say that that's what you do, you should understand that you're going to attract people who have trauma, right? So now you have more of a responsibility because now you have people in your orbit who come from <laughs> some trauma and have some triggers that, by the way, you can't know what they all are. So then when you use the platform that you have to basically just kind of yell at the people who you disagree with, like, this is not trauma-informed, don't do this, don't do that, don't, right? It's landing not usually on the ears of the people who are doing those things, but now on the ears of people who are very concerned with whether or not they're hurting people, very concerned with whether or not they've done something wrong or they have their own triggers around, right? So I think that where it started for me was being very conscious of if I'm going to come out here and I'm going to say that this is what I believe in, which for me, like one of the things that I care the most about is when I hear people talk about how they want to work for themselves and they have this like wild idea that they want to bring to life, but they can't do it because they're not cut out for business. I'm like, I just... I turn into like the Hulk, like there's a different thing that comes out of me and I'm like, you're going to do it. Like you can do it, you know, and I want people to know like they can do it because they can do it their own way. So I need to understand that if I'm going to call people into the conversation who think they're not cut out for business, I need to be very clear that I'm talking to those people when I show up on any of my platforms and not use it to just yell at people who I'm angry at. I need to start processing my anger elsewhere and not taking it out on them. Or if I am going to put it out there and have the conversation, be very clear about who I'm talking to. So I think that that's the first part of it. 
And then turning to like the things that I was going to do differently in my own business, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of tools that I think are actually really helpful that also have parts of them that are not helpful, right? Or come from a maybe a person who has done things that are not helpful or right. And so I think that for me, I've had to really work on my own desire to hold a container for all of my people where we're constantly getting to solution and leave some space for the nuance and the conversation around, okay, maybe this is empowering to you and it's disempowering to you. Maybe this is helpful for you and not, or or maybe this piece of this is not very helpful, but how can we use the other part of the concept in a way that's helpful, right? So I think just kind of I mean, first of all, lots of listening to the people who are in my spaces to understand what they do need, what they do want, and what is helpful. Um, And also implementing things that were certainly not my idea, like anonymous channels to give me feedback and hold me accountable to the values that I say that I stand for, having community agreements and telling people you get to come in and, and make you know, suggest edits to these agreements and we can all come together and come up with group agreements. And there are channels for how you can hold me accountable where you don't have to tell me your name. It could be totally anonymous, you know, granted it's a small enough group that even that has, but whatever. So there's some of that, but then there's also the, I think just being like a little bit more open to bringing in some nuance and context and not always having stuff be about like clear cut framework. You know, these are the steps that you take. So very long answer to your question, but that's what I'm saying. (laughs) But there's a lot in what you said. um, And just going back to the very last piece, I think so often when we think about business coaches, when we think about strategists, when we think about people and even like branding and design or any type of consulting position, um, oftentimes people are looking for here's the concrete framework. Here's step-by-step what we're going to do. And I really value that. It sounds like you're saying um, that sometimes you have to leave room to see what presents itself because each client is an individual human. How about that? They all need slightly different things Mm -hmm. and certain things will resonate with some and not with others. And when Mm -hmm. we have this exact way of doing things all the time, it may not be the most equitable way to do it. It may not be the most inclusive way to do it, especially if you're attracting a diverse group of people. I also want to pause for a second and note that in the chat, um, Erica said, what, I can't yell angrily <laughs> at I mean, um, your comment before about talking to your people. Yeah. And, and the thing work. is too, it works well for getting likes and getting comments on social media. Right. So there's also that element of it that it is rewarded in lots of ways. And I tell, you know, I specifically work with people who have things in their own industries that they want to set the record straight on. And one of the things that I end up talking to them about all the time is like, yeah, like people are going to respond well to that. People are going to, you know, it is going to start a conversation. It is going to create a buzz around something. But is it going to make people trust you as somebody who can actually show them a different way of doing things? I don't know. Like, is it actually going to help? other people? And is it going to help you? I don't know. I kind of, and again, it kind of depends on like the work that you do, I think, but yeah, just yelling angrily. I mean, you, you can, if that's what you want to do, I just don't know how helpful it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's a difference between gaining attention right. and actually creating impact. Right. Um, and then the other piece that you dug into 
that I didn't want to leave behind is a trauma-informed piece when we think about the coaching world um, and even the consulting world a bit as well is that phrase trauma-informed. It's so overused. And I think it's important for people to be trauma-informed. And also like, what does that mean? Once Mm -hmm. you can say that, once you um, have gotten that education, what do you do with it? Like, is this Mm -hmm. just another label that you slap on to your social media profiles to attract Mm -hmm. people? Mm -hmm. Or like, are you actually changing your practice to support that? Because we both know you can take a class on anything. You can get a degree in almost anything, but that doesn't mean that you're retaining the information and applying it into how you approach your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and part of what really kind of, because around the end of last year, I wrote like a very, very, very long open letter about a lot of what we're talking about right now, which I, I wrote to process. I was like, let's just write this and not do anything with it. Let's just process these feelings, Brooke, because clearly you're having lots of feelings. Didn't end up doing anything with it. Instead, ended up reaching out to people who wanted to maybe have a conversation about it in a way that would maybe be a little bit more useful. But the trauma-informed piece was one of the things that started me on that because what I was noticing was lots of People saying they were trauma-informed, but actually their platform was just about talking about practices that were not trauma-informed. And it was like, I'm a trauma-informed coach, but really they weren't coaching people. They weren't doing trauma-informed coaching. They were doing, let me take what I learned and then try to teach you how to do it in your business. And it was interesting to me because what I was realizing was a lot of these, a lot of this was coming from those of us who were saying, you know, this kind of bait and switch that happens in the online business world or this, I'm really good at marketing so I can get you through the door. But once you come through the door, can I actually help you do things differently? Like that kind of thing that can happen sometimes with some of these big businesses, the same thing happens when you're like, I'm a trauma-informed business coach. But then you're not actually doing trauma-informed business coaching. You're just telling people to be trauma-informed because you're you're first of all, you're not doing what you say you do. Second of all, you are not uh you're not actually, you probably were not trained in how to train people to be trauma-informed. <laughs> that's that's maybe not the thing that you even have the the certification or whatever to do. And again, I think the intentions are good. I think that this is mostly coming from people who really genuinely care, but don't understand that if you're not super intentional about what you're doing, you end up replicating the same system that you say that you are against if you are not very clear on what you're trying to do in the way that you're doing it. And again, taking some risk to create something better rather than just saying the words that signal that you're on the right team. And that signaling piece comes up for me, especially coming from like the marketing, branding, design background, is it it almost feels like woke has become like a branding thing, right? We yeah. define the label that is like the hot label right now, trauma-informed is one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just slap, like get the education so we can slap that label on our brand. Right. And while our intentions may be good... I do wonder if sometimes a bit of how the marketing and branding industry can train these online businesses to operate is very Mm -hmm. predatory and very much of like, the more you have a label, the more you can say this thing, it can pull in the customer, it can 
uh, target the right people. I hate that phrase, but I mean, this industry uses phrases like targeting. And then it can put us in a place where before we know it, like capitalism and traditional marketing practices that are, let's just be honest, predatory Mm -hmm. are overriding our conscious of how like we're doing things going forward, even though we have the education to know better. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same structure and it's just in like different clothes. You know, it's like in the, it's like dressed up to look like something else. Um, to look alternative or to look resistant or to look disruptive. And then you realize like, oh, it's actually a lot harder to untangle this stuff than just saying you're against it. Got it. Okay, cool. So where do we go from here? You know, like how can we do better for, you know, and, and honestly, like even just, it's even to the point where I think that even just having this conversation gets lots of people like very prickly and defensive because it's taken as like a like uh you don't want us to be critical and that's not it at all i think that it's super important to point out what is wrong just think that we need to go further than that i think that that's where it starts that can't be like where it ends you know at some point you have to take action yeah i find that there's a, a very interesting example of you know what regardless of that education is what integration like how important it is um mm-hmm. and for me, a big piece of that integration of trauma-informed is recognizing that consent matters, right? Mm-hmm. Open conversation, open dialogue, um, and getting someone's consent before you introduce elements or um, before you take in their information and use it in a new way mm-hmm. or anything like that. And so one of the things shared in the chat is that people will say that they're trauma-informed photographers, but then they'll have alcohol on site for their clients to help them quote, get comfortable without even asking if that's something they want. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, even in a simple example like that, there's a lot of layers to that. And when you don't know someone's experience or how they feel, and you don't have their consent, you may be introducing an element that actually does the complete opposite and makes Mm -hmm. them incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and another kind of thing that I see that come up with too, is this, um, you know, I think that we need to understand that there are some things that like, there are things that I might find really not helpful, super unhelpful for me does not help. Like, for example, there's some money mindset stuff. If I'm using an example for myself, there's some money mindset stuff that I do not find helpful at all. I was told one time by a coach, not one who I was working with, it was like in the comments of a post or something like that about how like being patient is unhelpful when it comes to like creating wealth, you know, like it's not helpful to just like sit around and wait or whatever. I'm the kind of person who like, I am so impatient at like a nervous system level that if someone's going to tell me like to try to like speed something up, I I'm like off the wall. Like I need to calm down. I need to know that things take, I need to constantly remind myself things take time. Right. But it's important for me then to understand that that doesn't just because that's unhelpful for me doesn't mean that it's unhelpful for everybody else. Right. And just because it's helpful for me to slow down and be patient, it it can be really frustrating for some people who maybe need to be given the permission to move at their own pace. Right. So point of all of that being that there's, I think, a bit of um, 
or one of the things that I'm kind of wrestling with, and I'm definitely open to your thoughts on this because I, again, this is like, I don't even know, but it's one of the things that I'm kind of like untangling is that it feels like there's from this group, from those of us, and I'll continue to put myself in this category because I still am, I still do want to push the status quo from this group of us who want to change things. I think there's a push toward more toward like the one right way to do things in some ways where it's like, well, you can't do that. And you can't do that. And you can't do that. This is the way that you do things. And the more that we kind of move toward this one right way, actually, the less helpful it is for different groups of people. Like we have to have lots of different solutions. Oh, so there's a lot to that one as well. Um, and Erica will have potential like specifics on this um, from her DEI education, but the one right way, right? And for those of you listening to the replay of this episode on the podcast, um, Erica, I'm referring to Erica Corday from Pause in the Play. But yeah, the one right way that is one specific type or category of white supremacy culture. There is never one white way. And oftentimes, um, and that Freudian slip just came out, is that the one right way is often the one white way, mm -hmm. right? It works mm -hmm. for white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And so, oh, it it finds its way. And I say white supremacy culture because, you know, that's what it is. But it finds its way into the most interesting and unexpected places and ways that we never expected. Yeah. And even if you're saying it's in service of something else, even if you're like saying, I am against X, Y, Z, here are my values. Here's my value statement. Well, that doesn't really do it. If what you're pushing for is like, it has to be like this, because if you are doing any of these things, that's wrong because I can give, I can, you can always give a case for why something is going to be unhelpful for somebody, but then it leaves people who could use that with nothing, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's complicated. It's a lot, but I think that that's what we need to do is like wrestle through these conversations. Like I just don't know how we're going to get to better solutions or bringing something better to life without dealing with the complexity of this. And, and I mean, along with that, it's like for a long time, I was not even going to have this conversation <laughs> Because I'm like, well, I'm just doing the same thing that I'm saying you shouldn't do. I'm showing up and being critical and I should only speak if I have a solution. And right. And then started to realize, like, no, it's not, it's just not that simple. You know, we need to be okay in the seeming paradox of some things, you know, both and exactly. Yeah. Um, and it was also shared that absolutely true. Many of us are trying to create change in a system that we're actively a part of. And mm -hmm. that in itself is complex, right? Um, but I think it starts with being honest about that. It starts with being open and having open conversations about that because conversations can lead us to some very creative solutions to challenges that we're all facing, mm -hmm. whether it's in life, whether it's in work, business. But this conversation even right now, you know, for someone who hasn't, thought about trauma informed in the way that we've discussed it or mm -hmm. one right way um, or white supremacy culture. There's always something new to learn to inform how you decide what actions you're going to take going forward. Are you loving this conversation as much as I am? Well, 
I got to be honest with you. One of my favorite things about Pause and Play is the incredible conversations we have and our live events with the community members. As a member of the Pause and the Play community, you get to join live conversations like this. Now, we also understand that our members are from all around the world and they have different schedules and different time zones they're working with. And so I love that we have it baked into the way that we host events in our community where the members are able to submit questions in advance. And those questions get worked into the kind of conversation I'm having right here with Brooke. This isn't an example of a community event. This actually is a community event. And so our members were able to submit their questions and we cover that throughout this conversation. And that is an exclusive benefit to members of Pods on the Play, the community. The other thing that I love about it is when members can attend live, there's just so much wonderful conversation happening in the chat. There's additional questions being asked and the members are getting to share their thoughts and connect with one another. And there's so many new sparks that fly after that and connection points for them to keep in touch and to really just keep things going. So I'm a big fan of turning conversations into actions, into impact. Because other than that, we're just passively listening. And I love that we're able to do that together inside Pause and Play the Community. So if that's something that you want to be a part of, if you want to be a part of shaping the discussions that happen right here on the Flaunt Your Fire podcast, I'm going to encourage you to head on over to pauseintheplay.com slash community and join us today. That's pauseintheplay.com slash community. I can't wait to meet you there. One of the things that has been on my radar for a bit now is recognizing that when you have built or attracted people to you and your brand Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the humans within your brand, if you have a team, that they're on a journey with you. Mm -hmm. They've gotten used to something. And if at any point, you've decided to have more conscious conversations like we're having here today. Maybe you were or were not before as a brand or your clients were or were not. Um, They're also on that journey and that transition with you as you evolve. And so I just wonder when we talk about like being responsible as Mm -hmm. a disruptor, what role or what evolution or what are your thoughts on like how your branding and your public image may need to evolve as your conversations and your values become more clear to you Mm. and more integrated? Yeah. I mean, I just think that like with all things in business, it's like, there's the business journey. And then like underneath that, there's like the personal stuff that's happening. Like business is like such a personal development, like effort. (laughs) And so you're going to change as a person and there's things that you're going to do. Like me, like me sitting here and being like, these are all the things that I was doing. And then I was like, whoa, Brooke, what are you doing? You know, um, that you realize just they're not it. It's just not the way that you want to be doing things or not the way that you want to move forward. And, you know, I think that you have to wrestle with that. And I don't think that it's like an easy transition. And that's one of the things that I, I, that I think is maybe part of the problem sometimes is like we want there to be like we were talking about before we want there to be like a clear cut way to move forward and I think for every person it's going to look different um I think that it might take a long time to figure out what different thing like what things you do want to change or what things you do want to adjust from a branding perspective I also think that sometimes 
you can make pretty minor shifts that in your mind seem huge because you're not talking about them out loud. So it seems like, oh my gosh, I'm going to look like this totally different person and I'm going to lose everyone and everyone's going to like turn on me because I'm going to change what I had to say. And it's like to everybody else, it's so minor. Um, and so, you know, but I think that you, you're coming at this specifically from, you know, when you were saying like having more conscious conversations, I mean, I think that having the conversations is all that you can really do to explore how things are going to evolve for you. Because if you're not including the people in your community in the conversation to actually like get curious about like, how is this playing out for them? Like, is this helpful for them or what would be more helpful for them? Or, you know, at least just talking about it rather than just having it in your own mind and kind of spinning out over it, then that's what's going to allow you to kind of see a way forward. And I also do think that like, you know, at least I've gone through enough iterations in my business that I've gone through multiple instances of losing people, of people being like, I'm not about this anymore. And for me, I'm just kind of like, that's like, great. You know, like I I think part of the reason why I love business and like entrepreneurship and why I do what I do is because I, I think that like as many different kinds of perspectives and different people running businesses like as we can have and different options that means that like you don't have to follow me forever you can i trust that like if you're not about what i'm talking about anymore you can go and find somebody else who's a better fit for you and like they're going to have you covered and that's going to be great and and similarly there are other people who are waiting for me to speak the truth that i'm noticing for myself and not just leave it in the dark and not have the conversation because it's scary or because i want to like keep people, you know, like it's that to me feels very, it's easy to get wrapped up in the scarcity of feeling like if you change course in your brand or in your business, then people might leave you like that is not going to be helpful (laughs) for you to operate from. Um, And I think that just being okay with the fact that people get to make their own decisions and find the people whose messages are resonant for them at the time. And if you are speaking the truth, then new people are going to find you as well. You know, you'll you'll become that person that other people need to hear from. So I don't know if that answers your question, but those are my thoughts right now. No, I think that is so important because oftentimes we can get fixated in the marketing. Like, I feel like the stories we give ourselves about marketing and branding mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. either like there's a fear of losing people or there's an excitement about attracting new people. Mm-hmm. And I think the reality for many brands is going to be that as you begin to shift your message, even in the tiniest ways, even if you don't shift your message, you are consistently losing people and gaining people, period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's both. Yep. Yep. And the other thing that comes to mind for me about that is, you know, if you can find even the smallest ways to start if you haven't already sharing your ideas sharing your values sharing what's important to you um you know the sooner the better because again you're constantly losing and gaining people and trust takes time mm-hmm. so why not begin that process sooner than later so that way the yeah. people that you are pulling in have been with you for a while by mm-hmm. the time you're ready to do some of the bigger steps that you may want to take or bigger actions that you may want to have as far as your impact, as far as creating change, as far as deviating from that status quo. So as I think about that, as I think about taking action and, and 
kind of transitioning from conversation to like tangible things we are doing in mm-hmm. our life and in our work. I want to know from you, you know, why do you feel like being responsible and intentional mm. about that is so important? I mean, I think it comes back to what we were talking about before, where it's just like being conscious of the people that you attract. You know, at the end of the day, I think that for most, the vast majority of people who are out here trying to push the status quo, whether it's simply branding themselves as that or actually taking action or some combination, most people are doing it because we want to help people, like, and not the people who have been benefiting forever. You know, like, we want to help people who maybe their needs have not been met. We saw an issue, we see issues. We maybe have been, we've seen that our own needs have not been met. And we want to help other people now that we've figured out some, maybe some things for ourselves. And so if you are, you know, if that's you, which I think it's most people who are doing this, you have to acknowledge that then you're attracting that group of people and everything that you do and everything that you put out there, those are the people it's landing on. Most people, like if you're going to rail against something in your industry, those people who are doing that probably are not listening to you. Like they're just out there doing their thing and they are just like, they're, you are not, they're not even keeping you in their orbit, right? So being conscious of who is around. And I think we just need to be very aware of how what we're saying and what we're doing is affecting people, how it's landing on people. Have we been clear to people who we're talking to or or if we're talking to them or if the message is even for them? Um, because you can do more harm to people than good. And I know that for the people that we're talking about, it's like, you care, you know, you want to help these people who you've now attracted. So put some intentionality into what you're going to share and what those people need to hear that day. And I think that, you know, so I, I think that self-expression is so important. And I think that sharing your truth is so important. And I also know that once you have attracted people into your orbit, you can't just be responding from or reacting all the time. You can't just be getting worked up about a thing that you saw and then venting your frustration all the time out there onto all of these people that you've now attracted, you know, unless maybe you're going to be responsible about, hey, here's what I'm about to put out here just so you know. This is, you know, give a little bit of context around it because otherwise what you end up with is, and this is, you know, if we go back to some of the examples that I shared before, you know, I... I personally, so if I'm getting personal about like my experience and I will try to speak for me because I don't want to speak for everybody, but I have PTSD. I absolutely followed a lot of people who were all about this like trauma-informed way of doing things and trauma-informed business and found that I was so triggered and so scared all the time by these messages of like, if you do any of these 10 things, then you are one of the bad ones. Let me round up all of the bad things that people are doing in this industry and of all the reasons that they're wrong and being like, oh my God, is that me? Did I do that? Oh my gosh, did I like, right? And being, and was like so afraid that I might be doing something wrong. And then suddenly like, and this came through my own trauma work, right? Realized this is not helping me. Um, And listen, like I have the resources to be in therapy for a long time. And not a lot of people have the 
um, or not everybody has the resources, right. Or the self or the awareness of what's going on there. And so once I realized that I started thinking, oh my gosh, am I doing this to people? And I absolutely was, I can absolutely, I guarantee you, I was, I guarantee you that there were people who were following me because I was saying I'm for X, Y, and Z. And they were walking away feeling like, okay, Brooke just said that we shouldn't be doing any of these things. Okay. Well, I don't want to do any of those things. So I'm just going to do nothing. Like I know I was participating in it. So it's so important that we understand that if you want to be out here giving people a better way, you've got to acknowledge who's hearing you and when you are just reacting from your own triggers all the time, the way that that's going to impact other people and whether or not you're it, like, are you leaving people with more? Are you, are you leaving people better off than they found you? Or did they just lit, finish listening to you and now they're scared? They don't know what to do. They're right. And it's different from they're just not being closure. It's different from having a conversation with lots of open questions. That's fine. But I think this very definitive um, kind of, I'm now the authority on this thing and I'm going to tell you what's right and wrong about this thing because that's my role as being a disruptor can, can actually hurt the very people that you want to help. Oh my gosh. There's so much to what you laid out there. And I just want to say thank you as somebody with complex PTSD, um, for even like recognizing, wow, as you're processing these things, it has you like running through all these questions, right. For yourself of like, am I one of the bad ones now? Mm -hmm. That is a very insightful observation of how that can impact people. And then Mm -hmm. just to, to do the inner work of saying, okay, where might this be showing up Mm -hmm. in that role of authority, right? I am here as the authority. I'm here as the expert. Mm -hmm. Um, it can present itself in ways that we don't even realize. Um, one of the things that I've noticed from you is that a lot of your content, both on social and on the podcast, it may be willing to point out like here might be the challenges that we're facing and let's talk about them, Mm -hmm. but also right. Anchoring people into something tangible that they can consider doing about it versus Mm -hmm. just leaving them. And here's what's wrong is Mm -hmm. so, so helpful, especially when we can, um, give them a question to ponder or to meditate on or to journal on or one small action to take to get them moving. Um, Mm. And that's something that I've noticed that we have in common, which is why I've so enjoyed getting to know you better. Mm. Um, But it's something that I can see that so many brands out there that are creating content or have podcasts or putting things out on social media, maybe leaving behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you saying that. I, um, that's something that I've really, especially this year, really committed to doing differently for the reasons that I'm talking about, you know, like really trying to give people things that they can use to make things better for them and not just dredge stuff up and then leave them sitting in it, um, which I think I did for a long time. And granted, you know, I, I'm glad that I did because it brought me here. Things take a long time. But yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. And I appreciate your willingness to be vulnerable here and honest, um, because I know that (laughs) you're not alone. Uh, you know, if it's something that we're not evaluating and I'm sure there's even been a time where I, or our brands have done that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. no one is immune to leaving someone in something without realizing that. And I think Mm -hmm. the more that we can talk about these kinds of things, honestly, and realize we all have our work to do, the more that we're willing to reflect on that and to actually take the actions to create Mm -hmm. change with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. My palms are a little sweaty through some of this, but 
We got through it. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, um, I know I want to value time and stay um, a bit with that. So I do want to take a moment to just ask you if there's anything else that hmm. you have not shared yet that this episode would feel like it's missing something if you didn't say it. I mean, I think that I think that we covered most of it, but if I was going to leave people with any kind of uh, anything to kind of tie up any loose ends, I think a lot of it comes down to like, first of all, like, I think that solutions like actually coming up with something better rather than just just kind of looking to the things that are not good takes a really long time. <laughs> Um, so if it feels like, oh my gosh, but I don't know, like, I don't know, I don't know how to do, right. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, and I love that you always come back to like one small thing that you can do. Cause it always is just like a small step at a time and it takes a long time. So like, if it feels like you're just constantly wrestling with the same stuff, um, I just think that that's a part of it. Like having to come back to the same stuff over and over and over again. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I also think like being criticized is kind of just a part of that. Like that's just going to happen. And you've just, you know, it, it's okay. It doesn't really, as long as you're okay, just having the conversation with people. I mean, some people might not be very nice in the way that they say it, but like, I think that we can handle it, you know, um, and just have the conversation and be willing to hear people and filter through like what to apply. But I also think that like the biggest thing that we need to be aware of is just like, we need, we've got to do what we say we do. You know, like if you are a person who's out here and just saying, I help these people do this, help those people <laughs> do that. You know, like your I help statement that you might have come up with when you did one of those courses or whatever to put in your bio, help those people do that and just be intentional about whether or not you're giving people tools to do that or not. And maybe it means you pivot what it is that you that you do. And that's fine, too. But I just think it's really important to for telling people that this is what we're going to help them do. And they trust us enough to come in and hear us and consume our content and maybe buy from us we owe it to them to like put some intention into doing that thing and not just being angry all the time, which, Hey, there's a place for anger. Anger is a very useful thing sometimes. And I think we get to be angry, but like, you know, doing what you say you do. Uh, it was also shared in the chat, um, that it's safe to be a work in pro progress. We all mm -hmm. are. Yeah. And that's so true. We all are a work in progress. Yeah. 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 Um, so I feel like we can't end this conversation then without landing on one small action for anyone taking it in mm -hmm. to go take into the world. Yeah, I think that the one thing that I would encourage people to do is just take a look at the voices that you're surrounding yourself with, because that's what you're going to try to fit in with. Right. And so if you have landed in kind of like an echo chamber, you know, maybe take a look around and like, is it helping you? Is it supporting you? Do you feel like it's supporting you in creating something? I'm all about like sustainability. And I think that if you want to create a sustainable business, you have to create, you know, and so looking around and making sure that like, sure, let's let's have the tough conversations and the important conversations, but also make sure that you feel safe in whatever group you're in to create something more beautiful and put it out there and show it to people, you know, um, because if all you have around you is this energy of like, you know, don't do anything because we're going to have something to say about it. Um, 
then maybe bring some people into your orbit who are who you can hold that with or who you can show that stuff to. And um, if things are not helpful for you in actually being creative and, and bringing your ideas to life, then maybe it's time to do a little bit of uh, editing of the follow list. Mm, I love that. I love that. Especially like the piece about considering, is it the echo chamber and being open to shifting that as well? Yeah. Mm, the diversity there is so important. Mm. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today, Brooke. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It was really nice and um, I really appreciate it. I so love this conversation with Brooke and I'm excited to share with you a few ways that you can continue to dig into some of the subject matter and also get more of Brooke because Brooke is just awesome. So First, one way you can keep in touch is you can head over to Brooke's website at brooke-monahan.com. And another way is checking out the Transcend Your Dichotomy podcast. Um, You're already here listening to this podcast, so it's easy to just do a search for the name Transcend Your Dichotomy and queue up a couple of episodes while you're going ahead and, and checking it out. It's a great way to get to know more of how Brooke thinks and also to get to know some of Brooke's incredible guests. While you're there, there are two episodes that I'm thinking of top of mind that I have a feeling you'd find pretty interesting. One is episode 160, um, which features me and we're talking about strategic values aligned branding. And then also episode 161, Brooke and the guest are going into sustainable visibility because that's so important, right? To make sure that when we're showing up, We're doing it in such a way that we can continue to keep showing up. And so I think you're going to really enjoy that episode as well. Now, as always, you can find links to anything mentioned here in the episode article over at fauntyourfire.com that goes along with this episode. Um, It's a full article, so you're able to read the whole episode. You're able to pull out quotes. And also, you just have really quick and easy links there to go where you need to go. So for those episodes, um, you're going to be able to also get access to a really cool thing that Brooke has done. Um, So noted, right, oftentimes we go to podcasts, website pages, and it's just like, you know, here's the last couple of episodes and here's a little bit about your host. Brooke has done something pretty cool that I'm going to encourage you to go check out for nothing else other than curiosity, but I have a feeling you're going to want to sign up for it as well. So over at brookmonahan.com slash podcast, you're able to actually check out like the podcast page, but Brooke has also created like a curated downloadable list of Brooke's top episodes and they're curated by topic. I've not really seen that done before on too many podcast pages. And it's pretty cool because it doesn't leave you like wondering where do I start listening and taking in this content or reading this content. It really gives you like, here's the best of the best, you know, take your picks from here and then continue on. So you're going to find that again at www.brooke-monahan.com slash podcast. And again, if that was a lot to try to remember, you can look at the episode description or the article for this episode and just go ahead and click on the button from there. 
Lastly, you can find Brooke on Instagram over at B-R-I-G-G-S-M-O-N-A-G-H-A-N. And again, the link for that will also be in the episode description as well as the episode article over at flauntyourfire.com. I am so looking forward to chatting with you all on the next episode. And until then, continue to flaunt your fire. The Flaunt Your Fire podcast is brought to you by the wonderful brand that I co-founded, Pause in the Play. You can learn more about Pause in the Play's community, workshops, and implicit to explicit masterclass at www.pauseontheplay.com. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?